Welcome back to Don't Slam Your Podcast. I'm as ever your 2.4 host, J.D. Collins. And today we have a brand new guest joining the podcast. It is the first, not the first podcast, fellow podcast host on Don't Slam Your Podcast, but the first one whose podcast I've already been on from the Doctor Who commentary podcast, A Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife, and a, a very talented blog writer for Doc Oho Reviews. It is Joe Ford. Joe. It's so good to have you on the show. And how does it feel being on the other side? Uh, it's absolutely delightful to be inside, to be in someone else's hands for once. I'm thrilled <laughs> to be here. You don't have to do any editing now. No, no, no. I don't do that anyway. Don't worry. No, that's true. Because, <laughs> um, because so as I say, I, um, you do a, a Doctor Who commentary podcast, uh, mm. which is literally well, you you explain what you do with the podcast. Well, it's as you would imagine, we put an episode on and we just talk about the content as it's unfolding. Um, and you know, as you've said to me, you do edit your podcast. I, I were you were basically live when you came on my podcast. Yeah, and you talked effortlessly for nearly two hours. <laughs> As if yes. you, know, you took to it like a doctor water. It was a fantastic commentary. So it's Thank it's you. lovely to return the favour and be on yours now. Thank you. It was we did um we did the episodes from the series four of the revival of Doctor Who, Soul and Earth mm-hmm. and Journey's End, which was my kind of peak love of that show. And yeah, it was it was good fun. But I've been following your blog for quite a few years now, and we had some interaction on Twitter, and you mentioned loving two point four children. So that's how mm-hmm. you're here, and it, it's always yeah. great to meet new guests and to find out people's history with the show. So before we go into the sweet hereafter review, we shall do the two point four initiation, which I do for every new guest. Okay, um, and we've already had a few conversations about your history of the show, so I'm excited to hear it all in full. Mm-hmm. So first question, as ever, is when did you first discover two point four children? Oh, I watched this from series one. Um, and this is one of two shows that I watched with my mother all the way through from beginning to end. It was this and weirdly Star Trek Deep Space Nine, of all things. Um, so I have such nostalgic affection. I lost my mum a couple of years ago. And when I watched yeah, 2.4 yeah. Children now, I remember laughing and having such a great time with her. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I chipped in in series one and we watched it all the way through and we loved it. Fantastic. And so seeing it from, from, from the beginning and then seeing it now, always in, it's always good to meet people and see who have seen it from as it was fresh and as it's now a classic. And so what is your favourite episode? Oh, come on. What a question. Anything from series four and five? No, uh... I think I, I love the one, I, don't, I never remember episode titles, the one where Jenny sings uh, the Blues Brothers song at the end. I, and, yeah. and the yeah. snakes are in the terrible snakes. I mean, like, Rona's front room. That episode is so, it's brilliant. The Shirley Bassey's uh, wardrobe episode, uh, Bill being trapped in the wardrobe in a mink coat episode. Like, there's just so many. There's so yeah. many terrific episodes. That's a hard question to answer. So in a similar one, but in series terms, what's your favourite series? Yeah, I think it's 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 for, for the series where they're having the kitchen built, isn't it? And at the yeah. end, it all goes up in, in flames. That's I like, think that's probably the best series, I yeah. think. And who's your favourite character? Bill, by a mile. And I've, there's a really big reason for that is Bill is the spitting image of my mum at the time we watched it. I will send you a photograph of my mother. They really? look practically identical. Belinda Lang and Christine Ford, they could have come from the same womb, basically. Really? Um, so I used to, and my mum was a complete control freak as well. And, you know, 
point on everyone's good time. So every time I watch it, I'm like, oh man, it's just like, it's basically, this is basically my childhood watching this. <laughs> it's my childhood, I, we watched it together, but it is literally my childhood. Yes. That, that kind of, that home, they capture that home so well. <laughs> oh, they do, don't they? It's it's like a, a proper lived in house, mm. not a studio. It's hard for a sitcom. That's hard, you know, to. Not to detail. Mm. And so do you think it's aged well? Very much so, yes. And I think I think it does that sort of quirky to the side humour better than any sitcom. I think before and since for me, and it taps into a lot of shows I love, uh, like Star Trek, The Prisoner and things like that. So I think all that stuff really holds up. But when I think of other family-based sitcoms, like something like My Family, which maybe had you know, I could count on my hands the amount of decent episodes of my family they were, and they just kept churning that out. 2.4 Children, I think, is consistently really strong across the board. And thank goodness it finally ended up on BritBox, yeah. so I can actually watch it through properly again. And I, I was almost a bit nervous going in, and I devoured the entire series in about two weeks. So I loved it all over again shows they they seem the general consensus people watching it again is that they're enjoying it as much not just for the nostalgia but for the fact they think that the quality is still as such that it it, it holds up which is very it was good. just genuinely just very very funny and i just believe in that family you know <laughs> definitely and so therefore why do you think it's been forgotten about has it been forgotten what do you know what actually i think you're right it has but as i've i've said to people i'm coming on this but i'm Everybody I've mentioned it to have been, oh, 3.4 children. I used to love that. So, yeah, I think you're right. It has been forgotten about. But I think perhaps with it being on BritBox now, like, why haven't they brought DVDs out? It's the rights, and, and, and it's a similar issue with, the, uh, with BritBox. Like, at the moment, when Saturday comes and Malcolm X are off there at the moment, they, and Malcolm X definitely won't be. So when Saturday comes eventually, because there's issues with clearance, Let's just take is it, what, is it music, it. music and images. So in um, when Saturday comes, I think it's the Spice Girls performance at the oh, end. Wow. so good. <laughs> and they're all <laughs> dressed up and Ben as um, Emma Bunton. But then in, in Malcolm X, you've got a scene when they realise that Bill's away with Malcolm and it's the golf um, scene, uh, which apparently is, is copyrighted. So that's oh, so. So that's what it is at the moment. Um, but what was I weird about um, the last run of, of um, UK Gold, two episodes were also missing from the run. Relaxez-vous. Oh. And, this, and this one. So can you imagine oh, if this really? episode didn't go on BritBox? You had three episodes from Series 7 not on BritBox, and this would be missing as that well. Tragic. And Relaxez-vous as well. I, I was about to say to you, I think my single favourite scene of the, yeah. all the two is that song at the end of the episode. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what bit that makes me laugh the most is um, Bet up on the, with a glass of wine in her hand, like relaxing. Yes, we die. Oh, Liz Smith is just glorious, isn't she? She was, she really was, and and yeah, it's it, I'm really, yeah, it's amazing. So thank you for your for your answers, and so yeah. as ever, we will go into the review. But before that, second episode not written by Andrew Marshall, but here's Andrew Marshall anyway. Okay, we've made our way now to uh, Series 7 and the episode The Sweet Hereafter. 
another episode not written by me, but by um, Paul Alexander and Simon Braithwaite. Very good writers. It's an excellent episode uh, with lots of laughs, which I really enjoy. And I still actually have an unwrapped drill bar here on my shelf. And in case you're wondering uh, what was inside the wrapper, was a Cadbury's Whisper. I don't think it'll be in in very good condition by now, so I, I, I don't bother to open it. Let's see what they make of this one. The Sweet Hereafter. For anyone who listened last week's Malcolm X, you know, we, me and David did didn't have a lot of we 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 were very I think very um what's the word diplomatic in what we said. I think we were honest when things worked, very honest when things didn't work, and yet this is an episode that from a childhood. This is one of the ones I remember, and it's an episode that people love. You say before about your know, episode titles. I think a good example, a good a good TV show, whatever genre isn't if you remember the episode title, is if you remember what it was about and if you can describe yeah. it in a couple of words. So in 2.4, the lottery episode, the vampire episode, the snakes, Blues Brothers, the chocolate bar, the true bar. This is a classic. Yeah. So I said that to a friend. So I, about 10 minutes before you and I came with this call and I was like, what episode are you doing? And I just said the drool bar one. And they were like, oh yeah, that's great. There you go. There you go. So not bad for... Um, for Paul Alexander and Sam Braithwaite coming on to do mm. a, to create a classic so let's get into it we begin with Ben walking through the shopping centre and he's scoffing down at McDonald's and he's approached by what character you can describe either the market researcher or the scarf lady the woman with the scarf yeah yes. <laughs> she's a middle-aged lady very small with sort of short dark reddish sort of very dark hair um, very, looking very official with a clipboard and pen. So she asks him to spare a few moments as part of a survey. And she basically runs down the survey. He has to be C2 skilled manual worker, married with two children, one boy, one girl. And she, he's like, yeah, that's me. And it's a great kind of, she's, she's built him up to be this kind of important person. Yeah. And she goes, congratulations, you are <laughs> at completely and absolutely average. Average. And all right he's you know ben he's just anything pleases him and he i love the way when he goes off with her she was right this way and he swaggers off while he's scoffing his <laughs> matches it's really funny opening i mean this this whole episode just leans into like um how utterly ridiculous ben as a character is isn't it but in the most brilliant way he's basically a man child isn't he i mean this series so far you've had him um buy a fab one like replica of fab one in episode one of series oh, seven <laughs> Yeah. Then he's gone to, you know, makes the family do the same routine every Saturday so that Hot Spurs can win. Bill then has a go at him and fed up with him, <laughs> Malcolm X, because he's just so hot useless. Now he's bought all this food to test as part of like some survey. And you just think, God, he really is just make, makes a life absolute hell, to be honest. He's so proud, though, isn't he? He's like, we're completely average. We're important. You know? yeah. He makes, Gary Elson is able to make some really, Absolutely. It's lines that seem very like seem, seem so empty in a way, not empty, but yeah. just it just makes things sound more important than they are because they're not important in the world, in any world, the real world or 2.4 children's world. But Ben really believes, as she's saying, what he, they're doing. He's a real delight. Of like talking with a childlike exuberance that yes. is so appealing. It's so engaging. He's like a he's like a Labrador puppy. It's funny that yeah. they get a Labrador in the end, isn't it? Because yeah, that's basically yeah. Ben. Um, Bambi eyes is what Bill says. Yeah, Bambi eyes. 
which I like. I think that's so accurate. Oh my god! Sorry, I'm going to find a tangent. That's a great episode as well, isn't it? Where they get the dog. Yes. And then the dog turns up at the house. <laughs> yeah, it just goes to show again. He said, "Well, let's just have an imaginary one," and then we do, and then they all stick to it. Again, it's yeah. it is a consistency with his characterization, which is you know good writing. So Jenny is going through universities and asks Bill about, you know, what do you think of UEA? And Bill replies, I think you should only be using it if you really love the young man and you're sure he loves you too. <laughs> now, I think that is a, a, a catchphrase, a slogan from a, an advert. I, I'm, I try to Google and look for it. Is it I, for me, I instantly think that's something to do with contraception. Yeah, I, I figured it was filthy. I didn't quite know what, it, what they were talking about. Yeah, but it's quite funny because Bill always has to find a funny thing to say in anything and she's obviously referring jenny to the university of east anglia and then rona enters going "Ooh, university all that booze and sex and bill gives her a look and rona then goes learning lots and lots of learning <laughs> yeah she, she's just it was uh, something interesting you know in the in the the interview you did with julia hills where she said you know um at the beginning they lent into the fact that she was just sort of sex mad and you know the sex mad best friend and all of that and then later on they gave her a lot of debt for the pregnancy and things like that but actually i do like it when they when they do do remind you you know she basically is a, a, a i'm gonna have to swear go for it go on a massive slut you know like, I, mean, I do i do like those moments i didn't know that was even a swear word so that's oh, a lot and it's funny because rona's from an era i think where some people did go to university some did not everybody went like it was say 20 years later from the late 90s sort of onwards where it became majority went you know she says oh i wish i could have gone it's the only chance you get in life to spend three or four years be wild and <laughs> stupid and sexually irresponsible and i'm thinking well that's one theory rona <laughs> not everyone oh is- sorry i was gonna say i can attest to that but okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> but i like bill's reply when she says oh without having to be president of the united states yeah. Now, looking at the dates, this will have been around the time of the Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton scandal. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know about that, there was actually a new series on BBC Two called, I think it's an American crime story. The people who did the OJ Simpson film series a couple of years ago, they've done a new one. I think it's called Impeachment. And it was basically Bill Clinton, President Knight in that time. He had a, was it, a, what was it? What was she in Monica? She was um, an intern, I think, at the White House, wasn't yeah. she? And they yeah, had, yeah, they had an affair. Was. He lied. He, if you ever hear him go, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. That's him denying it. And then he eventually did, and he nearly got impeached. And so I think, and, it, and so I think that's probably a, a reference to that. Rona asks if it's final where she's going and Bill's mentioning she's looking at brochures for Newcastle or Hull and Bill, Rona reminds Bill that Jenny had to leave the nest at some time. And I have to say, I do like Bill at this moment because she's like saying, you know, yes, you know, every parent wants their child to go into the world and achieve great things, but could she do it closer? Oh, it's so cute, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I like they, they, yeah, you know, they have yeah. the most contentious mother-daughter relationship. But at, at the times where those, the figures come through, the episode where they take her to university as well. Oh yeah, there's a, there's a lot of it in that as well. Well, mind you, the, the guy is there, isn't he? Just behind the door. There's lots going on in that episode. Yeah, but yeah, she, oh, she's super cute in this moment. There's a few moments where, because you say they do have a contentious relationship, and Bill, she's not. I've said this before, and I think I think this is a fair view. She's not very. She is a proper. She's very much a mum, and she is kind of expected kids, and she's kind of, but she's not mumsy. If you get what I mean, in some way, she can be, but like the moments where she shows the sensitivity is quite rare. So I think I remember in like series four when Jenny goes out shopping with her boyfriend's mum, Laura, 
and Bill's like, well, I want you to come shopping with me. She's just like, oh, you know, why aren't you doing it with yeah. me? So it's nice when we see those moments. I always remember that moment in uh, the Blues Brothers episode where Jenny is having a crisis and she desperately needs to speak to Bill. And Bill's too busy cooking. There's an event going on. She's like, yeah. Yeah, I have to talk to your father. And it turns out to be about a wonder bra. <laughs> yeah just showing you know it's uh that was a, a mum moment then ben was actually very good in that scene he was amazing wasn't he very sensitive and saved the day at the end you know you know it's, it's a very it's it's so great to change those dynamics and and everything so ben gets home and shouts everyone to come and look at something in the living room ben says you know you'll never guess what's happened the most fantastic thing and jenny replies <laughs> jonathan ross has taken a vow of silence <laughs> quite a few jibes at jonathan ross in these last two series i'm guessing he was getting bigger around the late 90s was he well i don't know it's still relevant now though isn't it <laughs> that, that joke oh i think he's i think jonathan ross has probably grown up quite a bit in the last 10 years oh, yeah, probably, probably losing so. probably know. losing nearly losing his job at the bbc helped kick him up a bit i think in, that, in those early years he was going down a sort of controversial route wasn't it and saying all the wrong things but that's how you get noticed sometimes in comedy yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so no that's not happened ben says better than that we have been specially selected to participate in a series of clinical product trials and again this is another example where i think um, paul and simon really get the tone of 2.4 children the look they all the class all stare at, uh, at ben and then Ben has to start repeating, go, we have been specially yeah. selected. And then David says, yes, we heard you. Now, that's been done a few times. Uh, two mm. years before the mast, when Tina has to tell you again, I booked myself. I booked myself a cruise on the Oriana. And Bill says, yes, we heard you. So they're getting, they're getting those little idioms of the show, which I like. And I like how Bill says, oh, no, you've been talking to the woman with the scarf, haven't you? And then Rona explains. She's the like, woman oh, with the scarf, yeah. <laughs> everyone knows her. You know, these days, the woman with the scarf would probably be in the comment section of the shopping centre's Facebook page saying, you know, there's a woman in a scarf, ignore her, which is quite, um, you know, it's, yeah. it's people. you see those people all the time. So Bill says, you know, she's known to hurl them, people known to hurl themselves. I'm going to say that again. Rona explains she's a market research lady in the supermarket, always wears a scarf and tries to nab everyone. And Bill says people have been known to hurl themselves under shopping trolleys to avoid her because once she gets hold of you, you can't get away. And Rona explains, yeah, she dragged one of Tony's friends away and he, they came back a vegetarian. Yeah, a vegetarian, yeah. God knows what happened. <laughs> it's just like, what were they subjected to? Well, what Bill's subjected to later on is probably quite telling. The samples on that table, they do not sound good. No, not at all. And so Bill says, you know, she's a menace. And then Ben says, well, they don't, you don't understand. We fit the exact profile of the completely average family. And I think what's really interesting about this is the first time, if I remember correctly, not that I haven't done every episode so far in a podcast, but I think it's the only time so far that the average family concept is explored in the show. That it's actually mentioned Um, that they are. Specifically mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, obviously the irony of it was 2.4 children was the national average family unit up until i think it was 2006 i read somewhere so uh, the and then the irony is of course they're not completely at all they're far from average but this Bill's uh, reaction is the best though isn't it where she's like well i don't want to be average i want to be interesting yeah <laughs> she's she's and she's got that kind of disapproval she's disapproved i'm thinking well you are interesting quite frankly to a lot yeah. of people 
Um, it's now 1.2, apparently. So these days it would have to is go it really? one. Apparently, I think it is, or 2.5 or 1.2. I'm sure at one point it was 1.2, but it's definitely not 2.4. Not in my family, mate. It's about 5.4. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Just goes to show. Yeah, things change quickly. So Ben says they're the most average family she's ever found. Yes, I say it's kind of looking inwards, the show. And actually, they're average, chosen to this this thing and they're probably the only family in the country who would be subjected to what they're subjected to in this episode with the uh, drool bar so ben says they're so important because they're so average and then david says well you know last week you put a speaker in jake clinger's toolbox to make him think his fans were talking to him and what's average about that so it's nice that they bring the jake clinger reference so you know that that rivalry is still going on and stuff does he ever appear again no he was only the last one was in the um episode with the Brotherhood of the Plungers. Oh gosh, when she comes out with that plunger on her. <laughs> um yeah. was there a reason for that? I don't know. Um I'm not too sure. It just it just didn't, it just was, it just seems that it didn't it just didn't come back. That rivalry, honestly. I mean, they were some of my favorites as well. It's amazing. The Star Trek funeral, the Port Marion filming. Oh, yeah. it was fantastic. And only three episodes he's in, and yet you feel he's in more because he just make such a impact only three i call them the jake Klinger trilogy because i think he just really has a <laughs> you could watch them all and they do feel form a nice collection i feel like roger lloyd pack is like the paul alexander of actors he turns up in every show you know yeah and and then and fits in perfectly perfectly yeah. so ben says it's a question of statistics everyone has a deviation from the absolute lawn that makes them distinctive but not us <laughs> he just is so <laughs> excited and as you said earlier, Bill says, you know, I don't want to be average. I want to be interesting. And Blaine explains they're chosen. The, they're the chosen representatives of the average British family. What the nation does today, we do tomorrow. And then he's just sort of like, no, it's the other way around. <laughs> the way around. Yeah. Ben has bought a box of exciting test merchandise in the forefront of modern progressive marketing. Now, that sounds like some BS you'd hear today. You know, that kind of thing. I've got to be honest with you. I think if someone was offering like me a massive box full of freebies like that and it was food, yeah, I'd be, I, I would be absolutely bent in that situation. Fair enough. And, and I think it's just, it's just like the way that we call it modern progressive marketing. I mean, you could say anything's progressive at any time. It might not seem it in like five years, but it's just. What does that turn out to be? Madras scratchings or something. <laughs> Madras, yeah, exactly. And then I love how Ben Sill says, oh, sign test much less the forefront of marketing progressive marketing and then rona grabs a chocolate with a wrapper and then goes drool <laughs> <laughs> just like drool that's that's here we go exciting so ben then says they haven't got the names right but you can keep that one he says you can keep that bar which is important for later it's always very important later yeah seed planting which again paul alexander's got right here they've got parmesan flavored toothpaste chocolate covered junior aspirin Oh, no, I can get behind that. And from the USA, I can't believe it's not lard. Oh, please. <laughs> so, which is a variation on, of course, I can't believe it's not butter. And then Jenny says, you know, God bless America. You all may mock and Bill's like, don't worry, we will. And then Ben continues, but mark my words, you'll be thanking me for all the stuff by tonight. Do, 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 do. You know, yeah, you know you're going to cut then too, yeah. a few hours later. There's always great moments with 2.4 when they end scenes where it's cut, what the, the, the final line contradicts what's going to happen later. Um, and you just know it. You know, you know it's going to go awry, but you don't know quite how it's going to go awry. 
well, you know from their body language that they're not enjoying this experience the second the next scene starts. Well, you're not, it's not surprising because like they've got all this, they're on the coffee table, they've got all the food in bowls and with the labels up. And I couldn't see all the names, but they don't look particularly nice at all. So then, the, and then you usually say um, Jenny, Bill and David are all sat down. Ben's going through the questions on the clipboard. You know, he, I think I see things like madras scratchings and Spanish something. So Ben's lying down on the notepad and he's like, so second child, have you had the madras scratching? And then um, David's like, not <laughs> since I used the special ointments, which makes Bill and Jenny laugh, which is a very funny yeah. I feel like the kids are really coming into their own. They've been coming to them for a few years, but as they're getting more adult, their the di- their comebacks feel more like they would. They, like if he said that when he was a couple of years earlier, it wouldn't seem as um. He's <coughs> I mean mature. he's grown up, hasn't he? He's yeah. grown up yes. with the show, so his lines can be a little bit more risque. Yeah, and there's a few good ones. Another one coming up in a bit. Ben's taking it all very seriously and reminds them that this is vital work on behalf of, of the nation. Then Ben hands them a bowl of something to try and eat. And then, like, he says, so how would you describe the taste then? Wife. And I like the way Bill glares at him. The look she gives him could poison fruit. Honestly, Belinda Lang has got the look. And I like the way she's just, it's just her delivery with words and beats is 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 yeah. unmatched she's she's she crosses her arms and just goes i describe it as exactly the taste you'd expect from a product called cheesy nuts <laughs> and then glares at him what are the two flavors um i think I one, oh one, yeah one he, he asks yeah. her if she preferred oh my god the breeze hazel or the gorgonzola pecans Mmm, delicious. You think they're they're nicer than cheesy puffs, cheesy um, cheesy nuts. Um, so Bill's like, that's so difficult. That's like choosing between the electric chair and a lethal injection. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty telling of what the if the flavors like. So then Bill says, okay, the second one. So then Ben says, first child, would you be more or less likely to buy them if they were named cheese o nuts? And Jenny just says, how should I know? I've lost the will to live. But then Ben, no, there's no box for that. I'll put you down as a don't know. <laughs> he's just, he's either ignoring it or just trying to just keep everything going. So all the fat, go on. Do you know, one thing, well, one thing I realised with this episode at this point yeah. Um, yeah, was it was one of those ones that is very tightly focused on the core family unit. Yes. Like the one, do you remember the one where she posts the electric wire? And yes. you know, all the electricity goes out. I really love the episodes where it is just the core just family. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the chemistry is so good. And don't get me wrong, all the extraneous characters, all the family members, Rona and everybody, they are fantastic. I know sometimes it's really, really nice. It, it, it means the characterization is really, really focused. Definitely. No, I completely agree. I mean, there never was a bottle episode, but there's a lot of episodes where they spend a majority of time in the house. Mm. Um, and this is one of them. I can think. Yeah, this is one of them. So, yeah, just seeing them in that location together in a... Cry, not a crisis, but in a in some kind of madcap situation. Well, you say, is although you see what they're eating, you probably could call it a crisis. Oh, yeah, crisis of health. If you keep eating, <laughs> it just sounds so awful. Some of the stuff he asked the whole family: if cheesy nuts were a breed of dog, which breed would it be, and why? And they all just glare at him, and he goes, "Okay, next product." <laughs> and then he says, "You've heard of Alco Pops?" And Dave's like, "Yeah, booze that tastes like soft drinks." And then Bill just looks him specially and goes, "Another yes, look." Like 
someone did mention them to me once. And, and you know what? That is a very, again, say it a million times, but the, the, the family dynamics still hold today because how many kids have said something or, or not, not just said something maybe a bit inappropriate, or something, but said something where they know a bit more about life than their parents do. And then when they say something that hints at it, the parents give them a glare, like, how do you know about that? And so it's, just another, it's another kind of massive clue that he has grown up a bit as well. You know, yeah. he's talking about alcohol. He's been out drinking. Yeah, exactly. Is it, was it in the park? Kids going drinking in the park? Well, I was, you know, I don't know yeah. about you. <laughs> no, I wasn't, I must admit. Uh, but, you know, each their own. Bill looks suspicious to say um, Ben has uh, says these are called Alco crisps. Now, I don't mm. know about you, but crisps, I'm a bit more conservative when it comes to crisps. I'm not very interested in going crazy with flavours. I'm not actually a massive crisp fan. No. So I've got, I've got more of a sweet tooth, so I'd be straight on the draw bars. I'll be in terrible trouble in this episode. Um, <laughs> yes. But Guinness flavoured crisps? No, thank you. <laughs> no, I, I think like salt and vinegar. I like plain crisps. I like Doritos, but you know anything else beyond that. I don't even like um, cheese and onion. Like no, 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 no. Did you see the color of it as well? It's like this yes. brown color. <laughs> Hideous. The gag's brilliant though, where he says, "Try it." Yeah. Um, ben has a wonderful line where he says, um, "Yeah." He picks up the crisp. And he's like, "Try it." Oh, don't try it. It's, and it's it's brilliantly deadpan. And it's yeah. straight on to the next thing. It is, yeah. And and just the three mouth-watering flavours in, in this um, Alco crisps is salt and vodka, cheese and Calvados and Guinness, Guinness and crispy bacon. No, no. I don't even like crispy bacon. I don't, bacon think, I don't think, now I work in a supermarket and we're not that far away from these flavours nowadays, okay? There are some pretty wacky flavours on the shelf. It just goes to show how um, a lot of this was uh, predicting the kind of crazy... T- um, marketing ideas and new food ingredients and mixtures that we've got now as two boy four does a lot of predictions um so ben says they were all mm. thankful when they had a pot of pella for tea top pot, pot paella for tea and then david says yeah and get the spanish inquisition tomorrow morning i should think. that's a terrific gag that is. it really is i didn't get that when i was younger and now i do and it's just wonderful again they really have given some really great lines um you know i if you if if the names of the writers weren't at the beginning of this episode i probably would be convinced that this was written by andrew marshall this one just in in Uh, terms of its wit and its characterization it feels more like a a marshall script which i think is a real kudos to paul and simon for really getting to know the show but i think it's it's as much the 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 story, the plot is so left field. The problem with Malcolm X, which we said last week, was it was just too similar to other sitcom ideas. A couple of episodes times, we're going to have the Italian job, which uh, it's going to be an episode about an Italian exchange student. And then you go into the ideas in the mafia, which is kind of obvious for me, whereas oh. like, no, not keen. I didn't realise there's, there's only like three episodes of Two Months of Four Children I think don't really work and two of them are in this season. There you go. So it, it's, and then yeah, no disrespect to Paul Smith, he obviously can put a script together. The fact, I think this episode works so well that it almost yeah. makes the others seem... It highlights the deficiencies, doesn't it? But there is, a, and I, you know, spoiler, there is a scene coming up later in the episode, which I think is one of the best ever characterised scenes in 2.4 Children. And, you know, in my memory, I was convinced that it was written by Andrew Marshall. Well, you said that to me earlier when we were discussing on Twitter, so I'm intrigued to know what that is because mm. I've been guessing. I've been thinking, what's he, what's what's the scene? 
we'll get there. The one line, which I just the line, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bill asked if he signed up to everything the scarf woman had. He said, Oh, not everything. They ran out of the musical incontinence pants. <laughs> and Bill what do they play? singing in the rain. I don't know. Singing in the rain. No, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a wonderful thought. But then again, what was the... Oh, God. Do you you ever seen the Meet the Parents? Mm-hmm. Remember the little fuckers? I have to be careful I said that then. Little fuckers. Yeah, I did. I it's do, not, yeah. It's not a good film, but I do remember his mother has um, musical condoms in the film. I don't know why I remembered oh, that. I've forgotten that. But that's the only funny... That's the only thing I can remember, which says a lot. But the funny thing is, it's like musical whatever that's that's all you know that's grown in the last few years as well one thing you know when you think about this what you know all the dialogue that you've mentioned in this scene it's yeah. one very witty gag after another it's like it's firing bullets it is yeah right center, and they're all hitting as well oh yeah totally it, it, it's it's always it's a good another good example of taking a really good scenario and just trying to get every joke out of it you can but making it organic to the story and to the characters. So it's the right but, characters yeah. telling the right jokes, which my family didn't do it. They just met everyone to sound the same, to be quite honest. It's, you know, again, another big moment when Bill's like, no, I don't want to know. Bill, that's happened so many times where it's a bit of a Bill moment where she's like, how do you do this? I don't know. I don't want to know. So again, Paul Simon got the interaction correct. Ben says they'll move on to something they'll enjoy. And Jenny's like, like sticking my head in a bucket of Swarvega, which I just, <laughs> the, the idea of put, uh, putting my hand into a bucket of Swarvega makes me feel a bit icky. To put a whole head into a Swarvega bucket, oh, no, not Let's at all. i tell you what, the kids are on fire in this thing, aren't they? Yeah, because <laughs> they're, they're kind of at that age, as you say, that they're a bit more, they're growing up. And so they're a little bit more embarrassed by the parents. It's like, actually, something I just thought from Perfect Day, you know, when, David buys Ben buys Fab One, and he says to um, David, "Oh, what do you think?" And he goes, "Are you mad? I, I looks it's embarrassing." David's not Pudsley anymore. No, Pugsley, no. Pudsley, Pugsley, Pugsley. Uh, yeah, Pugsley, although he's yeah. still Pugsley. playing video games in this episode, isn't he? Yeah, very true. And it's, it just goes to show that like he's um, they've got yeah they're growing up. No more Ben says no more prune flavored snacks or pigs trotters puffs, which is a vile thing, a vile. Group of words, only a creamy, delicious taste of a drool bar. All of them except Bill try a chocolate bar. Ben's the first to try it, and he really enjoys it. You know, you you know, it's instantly they're kind of yeah, it's really nice. Children agree, and you know what's so brilliant about the actors in this is that we go from a real tense, hostile scene where the kids and Ben. Bill, sorry, are against Ben because he's putting them through all this. Mm. As soon as they have a chocolate bar, it's like the whole atmosphere has changed. It's lighter, they're relaxed, and it, you know it just goes to show how good they are at creating a mood, an atmosphere. I was I was thinking about this because that the, uh, like they say later on that the chocolate is psychologically addictive. Yeah, but like the episode plays it like they're drugged, doesn't it? Like like yeah. almost immediately. Yeah. They're subdued and they're laughing yeah. and it's like, you know, they've all had a spliff. Yeah. But the thing is, it's, it's shown in the sense that they're, they're, it's it's like any kind of addiction. It starts off, you oh, this is quite nice. And you start wanting more and, and then it grows and grows and grows until it gets dangerous. And it's the same here. They are all, as you say, they they do get very um, airy. Relaxed. Like hippies. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they, they're, they're laughing, aren't they? They're laughing over a, a gag in a magazine yeah. that, that isn't funny at all, which is the sort of thing that happens when you're high as a kite, so I'm yeah. told. Yeah, so you're told. <laughs> <laughs> I took the, I think I, um, I got the, I got the, uh, 
no judge wink wink there. <laughs> That's <a> word. <laughs> so Bill, but well, I'd, I'd say another thing I like about it before we get to that a bit is you know there's a real British thing, and I, I very Bill's a very British lady in lots of ways. She's got a very British sense of things. So you know, British people don't like watch lots. We don't watch lots of television. You know, she's very against like tv and sky and stuff but then she says you know they said you know you should really try it i mean she says i don't think i'll like it and it's just like well you know you don't know and, and then they ask, well how do you know she goes the same way i know i wouldn't enjoy a sex romp with bernard matthews i just do <laughs> <laughs> of all the images in this episode that is the most disturbing of all yeah um i had to i did have to google bernard matthews he's um basically oh. he's, a, he's a farm he owned a farm company called Bernard Matthews Farms. It's a company best known for producing turkey meat products. Um, I'd say the pancakes. I had them. I had those when I was growing up as well. Yeah. Oh yes, I've heard about them. Because yeah. um, he, the best way to describe me, he looks a bit like Bernard Manning. I thought he was Bernard Manning. He actually. really does. Yeah. So anyone who knows the Bernard Manning and and then Bill's mentioning a sex one. You really, yeah, it, it's not the nicest of images to conjure up. I'd rather have a drool bar personally. Same here, even if it is dangerous as i say bill's not very um sure ben then just says to him how can we be the informant opinion makers of the nation if you won't try something that's new and she's like i will try something that's new and again what i love about 2.4 is the history that they bring into this into the series you feel like they're a family who've actually existed before the show began mm-hmm. and something well, about the microwave don't they she, she says oh you oh. were the last person to get a microwave and she goes, yeah. i just couldn't understand how blasting my food with radio waves was going to make it's people oh. I know said that. The people oh, I know really? said when the microwave thing came out, they were not convinced. They thought it was dangerous. They thought it was a bad idea. They thought, well, we've got an oven. We don't need a microwave. So what I find very interesting is I didn't Google how long microwaves have been around for. I'm going to guess by this point, maybe about 20 years. Maybe. Mm-hmm. maybe yeah, I'd say 20 years. Maybe, maybe yeah, about the 80s. Perhaps. And it's interesting if there was a generalized view that Mike, there was a bit of hesitancy, the way it's brought up in here. And there's people I know who felt the same way. Again, it just enriches the, the, the backstory and the ideas and the characterization and makes it so a part of British history as well. It's got amazing moments like that. Do those people, you know, do they have microwaves now? No, one of them didn't use, don't need it anymore. Oh, good for them. Yeah, they don't <laughs> need anymore. Yeah, no, then no, they they don't anymore. Well, one of them does, and the other they don't. Um, but I think that wasn't because of the fear they had. It just they didn't need one. They never used one. Not I don't know why. I use it. All and the, time. the other thing she does that's incredibly British is she's very polite and she just takes the chocolate bar anyway, even yeah. though she probably has no intention of eating it later. Well, that's where she puts it. It's quite funny because she's like. <laughs> doesn't want to clearly he wasn't interested i put it in the fridge that's the first thing you yeah. do especially if it's chocolate yeah <laughs> then i like when she goes she says you know i just don't see how a lamb chop could be cooked by radio waves except by melody radio when it could be bored to a crisp <laughs> <laughs> so i had to google this one as well um do you know melody radio do you remember it no is it like classic fm is it that sort of thing sort of it was a greater london okay i had to like google and, and did a wikipedia um copy and paste search oh, so it was learning a, this is great this is do you know what i i've said this a few times before but the show i know more things about the world mm. and history and culture because of 2.4 it's packed with all these wonderful contemporary and old school stuff i'll tell you that is one that is the one of the kind of the joy of sitcoms is as they are full of cultural references of the time aren't they yeah 
And if you have, you know, the patience, you can go and research that. And so go on, tell me, tell me. I want to know. Yeah, I always want to know these things. So it was a Greater London Independent Radio Station, only ran for eight years from 99 to 98. And it catered originally for over 50s before turning to adult contemporary relaxation music. Okay. So it was so have... sort of very mellow. This might help you fall asleep style yeah. music. Yeah. And it could have been Radio 4, but the fact is they chose to do something that was that had a very distinctive sound, which might seem as, as boring people. So I, I felt I really like that. It's a really cool uh, reference there. And as I say, it will have closed down not long after this episode was aired. So Ben throws the kids into the bar and they all encourage her to try one. She takes one out. Oh, I'll have it later. That's a real mum thing. I don't know why it's mum's yeah. like, I'll have it later because they don't want it now. And then Ben says, you know, there's more questions to answer. So Bill says, from now on, all you're getting is my name, Frank and Tesco card number. <laughs> So um, Bill says she's sick of it all and answering no more of those stupid questions. And then Ben sits down and then asks, so would you say you are A, extremely pissed off, (laughs) B, very pissed off, or C, quite pissed off, but... And then Bill pours some stuff on his head. Um, one like of the noodles, other. It? I was going to say it looks like yeah. slimy noodles. Yeah, like rice noodles. Yeah, looks horrible. So yeah, he, he's like, like he got his answer, like, didn't he? Yeah, he's like right, and ticks the box. <laughs> so later on in the evening, a bit like what you say, we were saying before, Bill's tied up in the kitchen. She can hear a lot of laughter in the living room. And again, you feel like the whole atmosphere has changed, and they play it so well. Do you know the, what it is? From this point on, yeah, it feels a bit sinister. This whole episode. Oh, it is. Feels- very yeah. sinister you know like uh like they're under the control of something yeah totally they have the um they're being nice to each other jenny and david when david says can i have a, a bar and then no is it yeah david grabs jenny a bar and then another one and then jenny's like david that's very nice of you and he goes not dead, at all dead giveaway i like how bill's like you're in a very good mood and it's you, you know how suspicious she is yeah oh, um, Oh, it's like, you know, in The Trouble with Harry when they want to go to the dog shop, so they uh, surprise her at home. Oh, they're all smiles, aren't they? And she's like, I'm not leaving until you tell me what, who you are and what you've done with my real family. She's just not, she just knows intuitively something's not right. Jenny's holding a copy of Now magazine, which has a headline all about All Saints, which for my money... Controversial opinion. Best girl band of the 90s, miles better than the Spice Girls. Oh, do you know, I can't think of a single All Saints song. I'm so sorry. Can you name just one of them? Never, ever, Pure Shores, Black Coffee. Oh, are they like, never, ever, ever, ever felt so long? Yeah, Pure Shores. I don't know, I always felt with that song they weren't making much of an effort. Oh, sorry, I'm going to be quiet. No, 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 that's a opinion your own opinion that's absolutely bad i probably know because my mum had a cassette mixtape years ago and that was the first song that always came on I mean, one thing i will say this was an era where music was very good oh god I'm, yeah music was like an old, an old man now but unlike oh, today two episodes ago they were mentioning ben saying you're going to go to the spice girls and, and um jenny saying why can't you go to the prodigy i mean you can if you can name two distinctive musician groups it's, where, it's when they lean into the past the shirley bassey and all of that that's yes. where that's where my heart is yeah yeah it's, it's, it's still very popular and relevant today so bill mentions they're all in a very good mood jenny shows david and ben something in the magazine they all start laughing and i like the way bill's kind of like smiling going well go on i want to see <laughs> and she just reads it and her face just drops like i can't see anything funny about it and then that comment just caused them to laugh manically and she go and they, she's like stop it and they want to go for another bar she goes right and that's another thing i think you've had quite enough chocolate for one evening and takes the box away and they all just glare at her okay so this moment here yeah yeah this is the first big sign of the scene coming up later okay Okay, where she takes the box off them and then the next morning um bill gets breakfast orders um but jenny and david don't want anything 
and again i like the reference from the night before another way of kind of bringing in a good joke about the food dave says you know i'm full up from those cheesy nuts and bill says you only had to and he goes yes but it's the snack that think it's, it's a it's meal, a meal. <laughs> but that is i think if you have any advertising slogan that would work now look i can completely understand perhaps jenny not wanting eggs and sausages in the morning um it's a bit suspicious if it's david yeah when it's ben well something something disastrous has gone wrong you know, it, it's it's a moment when Bill's really in, in, in feeling alien to her own family. She says, you know, eggs and sausages. And then she's like, well, your father always enjoys his Sunday breakfast. And I do like when Ben runs downstairs and he just got his massive burp. <laughs> and she's like, um, eggs and sausages are all right. And he goes, no, I'm not hungry. And she goes, I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> think I understand you. And he says, I'm stuffed. Well, that could be arranged, <laughs> which is a, another great line. Bill says, right, that settles it. We're getting rid of all this stuff before. She then grabs the box of food from the night before and says, this is very light. I thought there was loads left. And, you know, she said, what's happened to all the drool bars? The majority of the drool bars have gone. And then Ben looks at what I do like about the way he performs this is when he looks a, a bit in equally surprised. He goes, oh, you know, oh, also I, I may have. And then he grabs the box and goes, who's eating all the drool bars? I love the fact that, that they all have a moment to be guilty yeah. because they know they've eaten loads of and accusatory yeah. because it's very apparent that basically everyone's been noshing in the night exactly it's a it's it's the way it all comes out as well because they are i say that the other three are, are equally guilty and then they all get you know bill kind of goes against all of them quickly bill says she still kept the one from the night before and then ben's like right nobody move and then he points his finger <laughs> at them and says now i don't want to point the finger and then he's pointing the finger and then puts it down. I don't want to get heavy handed or moralistic about this, but somebody's taken my drool bars. And Jenny's like, I thought they were all, we were all testing them. Ben says, yeah, well, some of us were testing them more than others. And Dave says, well, I might have had a couple in the middle of the night. And then Jenny says, yeah, I might have got the nibbles a bit. And then Dave, Ben's like, got the nibbles? There was 36 in here last night. And Ben, David then asks Ben, well, how many did you have in the middle of the night? Ben says, one or two. Jenny, 10 or 11 more like. And then Bill gets angry going, no wonder you're all full up. When she orders them all to the table. These are my favourite moments where she becomes the the dictator of the house. I was going to say, becomes dictatorial standing up at this table. (laughs) So the six, she just says, right, sit down. She puts the six bars left and then she hands two of them each. And then she just sort of has her hands on the chair and then just kind of gives them the instruction. Now, there's two bars left. You've got to make them last sensibly. Because when they're gone, they're gone. We get another one of those great transitions here, don't we? I like the way they just the use of the house, the exterior of the house. Then and then Ben sat on the ch- on and fully dressed, it's gone <laughs> sofa, two wrappers in with him. They're gone. And then he <laughs> and then he grabs the wrapper and licks it. He just wants every last tiny fragment. And so, can I just say you? I, I can tell you've been doing this for seven seasons. You know, because your line readings as Ben are spot on. <laughs> it helps i've probably watched these many times over the years as well they've just sort of seeped into my head and uh, thank you very much I, I do enjoy performing these you'll love my um, i hope you'll enjoy my uh performance of singing um just one cornetto for the italian job i'm, I'm warming up the vocal oh, cords i'm sure i will if this is any example thank it'll you be fantastic so ben goes into the kitchen and asks bill what she's doing again this is another example of where he's being suspicious and it's yeah. like contrary to all indications, I'm tidying up. And Ben's like, "Put 
No wife of mine has any business tidying up on a Sunday afternoon. And Ben asks her to put her feet up and he'll do the tidying up. And I like the way, again, Bill's always suspicious whenever he's doing anything nice to her. She goes, you've gone out and bought me some of that prized underwear from that shop again, haven't you? <laughs> he's like, if I'm nice to her, she I'm might just I'm just up a Pandora's box that we're going to close right now. Okay. Yeah. I love the way he denies it. And then she's like, Bill, like Ben, I've told you before, if God had meant knickers to be edible, they'd be at the depart- food department of Marks and Spencer's. <laughs> you know, this is quite an adult joke, really, for a yeah. primetime sitcom. But kids would, wouldn't understand that. You lose your innocence once you do, that's for sure. So then Ben tells her to put her feet up. Bill leaves. And when the coast is clear, Ben starts searching for the drool bar and makes a lot of noise. Bill then appears and then he turns out and goes, oh, it's you. And Ben uses the excuse that he's looking for the tea. And, you know, he's just finds the worst excuse to make because it's just, you know, Bill sarcastic reply says, I think you'll find it in that jar, the one marked tea. And Ben you says, know, right, yeah. the amount of gags they get out of that kitchen I know. over the I know. series. I know. Do you, do you remember the Wonder Bra gag with the, the, the dough? Yes. Because it starts like that and it goes like that. Yeah. But obviously, like the goldfish in the yeah. blender. And I, I really like the fact that they use the kitchen. And um, Bill and Ben often get great, great scenes in, in the kitchen together. They do. You can't, the amount of gags you have of, of kitchen appliances. And also, the other phrase, the old ones are the best. So there's certain people from certain eras who'll use certain phrases or certain things to say. This is another example here when Ben, ben says, you know, you keep the tea in a jar that says tea. I mean, that's the first place the burgers will look. <laughs> And you just think that is <laughs> such an amazing line. Um, yeah. And then Bill asks if he's all right. He says he's fine. Bill walks out. Ben then goes to grab his coat and asks Bill if the woman with the scarf is at the centre every day. And Bill's, Bill's funny. Even when she's just reading a magazine, she's just got the, she steals the show with the, the comeback. She says, yes, worse luck. Ben puts on his coat and says, oh, scandalous, really. Picking out people, giving them chocolate. <laughs> then Ben's about to walk out. And she goes, except on Sundays, of course. He goes, what? Except on Sundays, of course. <laughs> Obviously. And then he puts the coat back on the, the stairs and she goes, I wonder where she goes on a Sunday. And Bill's like, back to the mothership, I suppose, don't I? <laughs> That's like, that is a terrific line about yeah. the mothership. I know. And she's just, she just even even then, she just got always has something smart to say. You know what's nice there as well? There's, a, there's, there's kind of silent comedy going on there because he's yeah. putting on his jacket, she, but she's completely unaware. So the audience is completely aware of what's going on, yeah. why he's trying to find her, all of this. She's blissfully unaware. And I, it's quite nice when, as an audience member, you're kind of one step ahead. Yes. And you also, I like the way the actors in the show are given really fun, but at the same time, slight challenging stuff to do. So he's having to take the put the coat on with one kind of mindset while pretending while Bill's not looking to be doing something completely to be doing something different but at the same balancing that out it's it's not many comedies that do that every most comedies a lot of comedies are very static and very regimented in there it's all, it's all kind of situational isn't it yeah. it's not yeah. it's not as quirky as this no that's why that's why I, one of the reasons I love it so much so in the kitchen Ben then finds the bar in a tin he finds it in like a random it looks like a biscuit tin doesn't it could he make any more noise though I know extracting that from the tin he's just like grabbing he's like slamming doors and opening things and slamming on the top and you know she's saying he, he needs to arouse her suspicions that's the whole point so she's yeah. in there going what's what's going on so Vale shouts from the living room saying you know i will have that tea if it's still going but he's so engrossed in finding the bar 
Um, and then when he does, he kind of eats it. And then he's got these giant <laughs> loves this year. He looks like Wallace, doesn't he? And he's just like... That's another that thing this show does very well is visual, memorably vi- memorable visual gags. Yeah, you know? yeah. Isn't that in the title sequence? Here we go. No, it's oh, no. when he, he no, dribbles the water with the thing. That's right. This is the title, that, that bizarre title sequence where yeah. they're all skipping. Do you know what? I still don't understand it at all, but I love it. It's so weird. You know, my interpretation of it is that she is the one doing a really nice, smooth dance and they're all behind her kind of not able to do it because she's just, she keeps them all together. It's like matriarchal. Uh, it, just yeah. visually, it's so strange. Oh, it is I... strange. It makes no sense, <laughs> but I love it. I love it as well. It's, 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 probably what I, it's probably what I remember most watching it at a young age, those visuals. I, remember, I was quite sad when they ditched it for Series 8 for some reason. Oh, yeah, they did the um, card um, with the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the reason I think it, it changed was because eight is when they transitioned from four degrees three ratio to 16.9. Um, and so the old titles wouldn't have fitted in the thing. That's what ah, I think. Okay. Um, Technology. Uh, Technology is to blame. It is, yes, unfortunately. It, it won, one of the few times it, did some, it, didn't, uh, it didn't work in our favour. So Bill says, um, yeah. So yeah, Ben has these like two massive sort of chocolate lumps in his in his uh, cheeks, and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> Bill's just kind of suspicious. It's like, I will have that tea, thanks. After I've just popped around to Rona's, and he's just like, and he's just like, he just gives the okay when he's like got, he's still got the chocolate in his mouth. And then I love the way Bill's kind of walking towards the front door. He's turning, watching her leave. The door goes, and then he just. It just indulges in the taste. It just goes, oh, Ooh. my word. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, you can tell me. What are you talking about? That's what happens every time I have a chocolate bar. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, that, that reaction shot from, uh, from the act is so funny. You can tell he's enjoying it. the taste of it. He's just yeah. absolutely relishing it. But it holds on him for ages. <laughs> like, yeah. it holds on him for about 30 seconds. Yeah, I know. Do you know what as well? Did, did you notice the like creepy music they kept playing every time weird stuff was going on? Yeah, I love the way the music's in this show. Uh, it's like when um, in uh, Lion the Witch Wars, you know, with the um, with the wardrobe when they feel like do 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 because you do feel like there's some kind of there's always the two point four children. There's always a, something weird in the air, so, like something's watching them all the time. Well, and so I, I felt this this had like a bit of an invasion of the body snatchers style yeah. feel. That's yeah. what the music was telling me, like something's very wrong with these people. Yeah, and and because because um, Joe and I bonded over our love of X-Files um, when oh, we went recorded. Yeah. And I, in um, when did you ask your father, the one with the, 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 the cryogenics, the dad in the Frozen, and when Bill goes to the cryogenics, um, place it's got x-files kind of music there is a very x-files vibe in these last few from when i've noticed from when x-files started 90 folks i know andrew marshall likes the x-files you can see it, 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 it style has come does come into the show quite a bit because it was obviously it's when they go into that back. enormous warehouse with the one freezer inside yes. isn't it <laughs> yeah it's and it's just yeah it's, is it's it howard howard goodall who does the music well i think he did the, he did the theme tune but i'm not sure i think a lot of the music was um sort of incidental music that the bbc had uh, oh, okay. i don't think he, he recorded yeah, howard goodall did the music for series seven of red dwarf and yeah. that is stunning the music in that season yeah yeah, it's a the, the the great great use of music in sitcoms. I like that because it just it lifts it up a bit. 
gives out. Do you, do you do you remember when um, Ben is being menaced by the ball in the prisoner episode? It's like it's like a jaw. It's like a remix version of Jaws. <laughs> it's marvelous. Bill says she goes around to, to um, Rona's, and in the Rona's kitchen, she's doing some ironing. And I love how Bill enters without knocking because Rona always knocks on on Bill's front door. But this is one time that um, Bill just enters. That's that kind of comfort that they have. Can I just say as well, yeah. I've got a kitchen theme going on in this episode. Yes. Rona's kitchen on. is also used particularly well in this series. The episode with Pearl uh, revealing to be her mother. Yes. Um, the baby. Yes. That, that they think is underneath the floorboards. You know, it's they really, use kitchens very well in this show. <laughs> they do. Yes. Um, I don't think so. Any... Oh, and the um, warehouse. Whenever they do, when they have the warehouse, they yeah. do there and, and stuff. So, you yeah, know, there's a lot of, um, again, trying to think of any gag that hasn't been of an appliance that hasn't been done in 2.4 children. So, I was about to say, it's great kitchen sink drama, but that's. Kitchen sink comedy. There we go. <laughs> Bill asks Rona if she's eaten the, the, the bar and then. Um, oh, we go. Even though Rona says drool, she says drivel. <laughs> which is what the family are they were they're all talking drivel to be honest because of the drivel and did you know when you messaged me earlier and went yeah. drivel indeed yeah i thought oh no he hates this episode he thinks no, it's drivel. no 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 i don't think it's a drivel at all i think it's fantastic um oh yeah because later on joe sent a message of a of a line and then i followed the line i followed mm, what yeah. came next because i'm um, that's when you know the show well, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, that's why I'm geeky like that. Again, one of the best things about 2.4 is the detail that comes into a, a, whether it's a character or a moment, and then it comes back later. So Rona explains that the slightest whiff of chocolate helps bring out her skin allergy. Um, and then she says, you know, at school, if Rona had a love bite, uh, she'd tell Sister Virtue she had a Malteser. <laughs> so a love bite is, is what the kids call a hickey. So it's a horrible word in the world. I hate it. But yeah, it's a, a love bite is a hickey. Um, and and what's, again, you know that um, Paul and Simon knew the show well because Sister Virtue was in Badger's Bend. She was the, the um, at Rona's reunion. She was in the Iron Lung. And she made that right. demonic speech about the liar. You know, they've not just knocked off an episode. That's what I mean. It's it's there's there's a lot of research there and and, and clear enjoyment of the show and to remember. You know, it's them. almost a sad thing actually. You know, they didn't get a second stab. I think it would have been good if they, they or if they'd done. I mean, it's no disrespect to Paul Smith, he did get two episodes, but Paul and Simon to do another one would have been really good. And then I like when um, she says, you know, I just told Mister Virtue I had a Malteser. Feels like how very convenient. I'm going and it goes. Not really. She disapproved of foreigners. <laughs> I mean, is, is, is that referring to Maltesers? I mean, is Maltesers an international chocolate? Oh, I thought that was a reference to the love bite being continental. Like a continent, I'm not sure. I don't, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know the history of hickeys, I must be honest. It's not something I've ever really Googled, to be honest. I would suggest that you don't, okay? Yeah, okay, yeah, no, that's absolutely fine. I won't. Rona thought Tony might have had the bar. Bill says it's a good thing he didn't. And then she says, you know, something strange about it. And again, another thing I you know, the music, as you mentioned before, that the kind of creepy mm-hmm. music's playing. But there's always a great use of shots. Oh, are you talking about the angels. shot of the bar? The bar, bar. On, the bars <laughs> on the table. And then Bill and Rona are just looking over it. It's a bit, it's like the, the, the bar's got a point of view. It, and do you know what? That 
was my abiding memory of this episode was yeah. the the bit I do you know what I as I'll, I'll see I watched that again tonight when I got yeah. in from work before we started recording that's I think that's a big bar that they've put in front of a camera like an oversized bar I don't think that's a tiny bar with a, a camera far back yeah, yeah. Oh, I I I, mm, I I've thought the camera must have been very small I never thought of it like that it could have been oversized bar. I don't know, but it's it's certainly visually very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, because it's like it's almost making up like what's in this. It's like they've got to investigate it. So Rill's like, I can't put my finger on it. In David's bedroom, he's playing on his computer. Now, if there's any scene that is more of a 90s boy's bedroom, it's this. You've got this massive, you know, the computers that even I remember. You know, it's like a big size computer. It's like a big box. You've got a Beavis and Butthead poster, an Oasis poster, which John mentioned in his interview. He's a big Oasis fan. Um, ben pops his head in. There's the drool bar on the top of the computer. These days, you probably couldn't even put a drool bar on the top of a on the top of a laptop or anything because it's just. The, the, the but again, that's it. you know that's there's a visual marker, so we yeah. know that's what Bill wants. Yeah. Sorry, that's yeah. what Ben wants. That's yeah. why he's in that yeah. room. That's why yeah. he's you know giving him the money. It's really funny because you know it'll go to all lengths. Ben asks, "How's it?" Plus, yeah. Sorry. Plus, it looks like a perfect bar, so it's setting up the gag at the end of the scene. Yeah. It. <laughs> it is. A, it's a great bit. This. Um. Again, going. I, you know, I, I like. It's been great getting to meet a lot of the cast of, of the show so far because it's great to hear them some of the behind the scenes ideas and and then going to the episodes. So as I mentioned, um, Gary and Ben. And Dave, yeah, sorry, Gary and John were big uh, Tottenham Hotspurs fans, which helped introduce uh, when Saturday comes. And they were, and they were also big uh, video gamers. And gaming's got even bigger now, and so that's been incorporated in this scene here. So Ben asks how it's going. David says, "I've only been decapitated twice, oh, but they ripped my heart out." So you know, Ben says, "You're winning." Ben asks how long he's had it for, and David says, "It was four months for his birthday." And the, again, it's just, you know, Ben's trying to be the kind of cool dad here. And he's like, you know, think about all the advances in te- video game technology in four months. You know, well, the three-dimensional graphical imaging, rendering, ing, and stuff. So <laughs> this game from the Dark Age is pre-Jurassic. So like obviously Jurassic Park, looking in the CGI. And then Dave says, you know, the, he says the dismembered limbs look quite realistic. But it is funny, you know, what looking at like video games. I, I was saying this to my brother actually recently because my brother's a big gamer. He, you know, his first video game console was the Mega Drive at the beginning of the 90s. Then you had mm-hmm. the PlayStation in the 96 and the PlayStation 2 in the 2000 with the Xbox. Think of that. Now, the, the okay, the graphics of video games have gotten better in the last sort of 10, 15 years. But you think the 90s, just the whole look and, and culture of video games, that was revolutionary when you look back now. Can I confess something to you that on, may make you lose complete respect for me? Go on. I've never played a computer game. I ever. don't. I'm not a big uh, gamer. I used to be, but I'm not. Well, I used to be. I'm not. It's it, um. I, I yeah. And this is not a, 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 a. This is more of a, not a criticism question and more of an intrigue question. But why? Hit me. I, I have a very good reason why as well. Uh, it's because I like um a story that I don't participate in so I love a book I love an audio I love a tv show I love a movie but I just sit back and enjoy the story as produced for me I do not want to be a part of that story and actually thinking back I think I may have played Tetris and even that irritated me when I was a kid (laughs) yeah too much effort 
And another quick thing I just wanted to say about this scene and just a massive strength of this show is I completely buy the father-son relationship between David and Ben. And I think it's something to do with the fact that obviously John Picard was young when the show started. So he grew up. I I, I don't know what he said in this interview, but I'm almost willing to, to that he's going to say that they were like, I don't know, second parents or something like that. He said exactly that. He said exactly that, yeah. And the the, the father-son relationship here. Now, I've seen a lot of TV shows. I don't believe the relationship between um, the Harpers in my no. family at all. No. It's just always biting at each other and it's just, it's not yeah. very nice yeah. to watch. But there's, su- there's such a lovely warmth and it's not even like overly masculine or anything like that, no. you know? They're very tactile with each other. I just, I just yeah. really believe it. And this scene exemplifies that. Yeah, and I think that you can see that from when he was a, te- a child in the beginning to, to now. And even bits like, um, going back to the video game thing, the way that that ties Ben and David together, apparently it tied um, Gary and John's French together in real life, they, they, their love of video games. In series three, you had Ninja Badger that Ben becomes addicted to. Oh, yeah. And that's, again, showing the, the, the evolution of video games from 93, which was more like a, a kind of Medigo Drive sort of game, to the PC games of 98. But like when Bill says to Ben, oh, there's a trick David showed me. You know, it's that kind of thing that, that the kid knows a bit about this technology and stuff mm. and that De- and that Ben's obviously trying to be quite into it, you know. so There's also a suggestion, you know, that yeah. Ben's... Uh, susceptible to addiction too we've had two episodes where he's true actually yes he he has got that um he has hasn't he um yeah and then like even in the last series when he had his midlife crisis and he was very down he has got you know he's either susceptible to addiction or even sometimes mental struggles as well which i thought was very brave for the show to do in the 90s and holds up well actually really well so then ben gives then david his 10 quid go and buy tomb raider 3 it's as good as tomb raider 1 and 2 but now they've managed to make Lara Croft's virtual T-shirt even tighter. <laughs> so even Ben's leaning into the fact that he's a bit older now, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing about Lara Croft and, and um, that was a discussion point, I think, in the late later 90s. David says, oh, Dad, it's 40 quid. Now, they're 40 quid now video games. So in 1998, that must have been quite a lot more money than it is now. Um and PC games were in, like, big cereal, pa- cereal boxes, packages, almost, for, like, a... DVD like um, packet. I remember the VHSs were 40 quid back then. I remember the early Doctor Who releases were 40 quid, which I think if you convert it is about double the amount, about 80 pounds or something like that for a video. I know it's shocking. It's like DVDs were the same. And now that you just can't believe it because they're just so much cheaper now, even in like the, Mm. the, the mainstream shops. Ben tells him to go. They'll be walking out of the shops, which Ben David replies, yeah, that is a breakthrough in technology. Yeah, that's a great line. David leaves and Ben's about to grab the jewel bar and then David pops back in because I think he knows what he's doing, saying, um, you know, oh, I need to study maths. And Ben goes, oh, forget about your maths. I've always said no good can come from mathematics. And David <laughs> says, no, you don't. He says, if I don't do my maths, I'll end up sending the big issue. And so which is obviously a very, very famous magazine. Ben says, well, take no notice of anything I say. David runs off. Ben then grabs the bar opens the wrapper and then what he's got is like a Jenga it's like a Jenga cube isn't it yeah with yeah, the yeah. word sucker in on it and, then, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Dave he is, yeah, he, across the series he's like a few moments like that and he worries it's like ah yeah when the, the thir- when Harry brings the 38 yeah, and then puts yeah. it in he goes no <laughs> and I like when 
the, his no continues where you can hear it as David runs downstairs and David just looks up and smiles because he just he's done that on purpose. He knows what Ben was up to. But he's literally this, this kid is smart, right? He's oh, yeah. set up Ben with yeah. this uh, Jenga piece inside the bar, and he's going down the stairs with the with the scales. So he's off to get Jenny at the same time, and he's and he's and he's succeeded in both cases. So Jenny's in the kitchen eating a drool bar. David's like, oh, yeah, you look really good. You look so well. And he's like, you know, she's like, what do you mean? Like, you know, look healthy, sturdy, solid. And if David, you know anything about women, these are not words you point no. in their direction. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've never said anything because I know not to. Not that I would anyway. I don't I don't, I don't like to comment on people's appearances, but certainly, no, it, it's um, not anything you say. Jenny asks if he thinks she's fat. Days. it's not fat just a bit curvier which i think is probably worse to be honest yeah. and he is you know like kate winslet, <laughs> like kate winslet. Now, you know this i've heard this thing before about kate winslet's weight was something that the press would target her about and if you've ever seen pictures of her yeah she wasn't big. she's beautiful well. she's, she's beautiful stunning she's beautiful she's normal i think that's an all right thing to say she's just normal She's not skinny anorexic, but that's just dangerous as being a... Like, Although I think this might have been a time where normal was overweight, you know? Well, it's funny. I, I was saying the other week on um, When Saturday Comes, um, because um, one of our guests, uh, Russell, sent over some magazines a while ago from when the TV magazines had advertised the show. And one of them was about When Saturday Comes in the pitch of Spice, um, Spice Girls, when they were just the Spice Girls. And someone's, and, and the, the line was in there... The papers recently said that Baby Spice had been put on weight, but we didn't know she was a massive porker or something like that. And they were talking about... Oh, oh. First, they talked about her, which is wrong. And then talking about Gary. It's shocking, isn't it? Just it shocking. Is. But it goes to show... I was saying this to, I guess, Rachel on that episode, that, that the, the way that the media were back then... I mean, the media could be awful now, but, God, they were worse back then. And the 2000s, they were horrific back then. I think within celebrity culture as well, it was particularly toxic. Yeah, definitely. And clearly, you know, look, you know, Jenny buys into this because she goes, what? Kate Winslet, Kirby? Yeah. So, that, yeah. And then at this point, uh, Titanic, I think, had just come out as well. So obviously she was biggest star in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So then Jenny's like, I'm laying off chips and takeaways and Davis and cocoa-based products. Says, yeah. Oh, I get it. Oh, nice yeah. try. Yeah, she won't be, you won't be passing with my drool bar. And he goes, okay. And then he leaves and then she goes onto the scale and she goes, oh, my God. So, she, yeah, she's uh, she, a... That, that is setting up yeah. the next gag with Jenny, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, the next, <laughs> that is actually a very funny gag and what she does. Um, so the next scene is, very, is a funny visual, which is Bill has a magnifying class to her left eye. So it makes her eye look like a balloon in the mirror of it. And she's just like mm. reading out the back of the bar, which is E820 brackets one. And Rona looks it up in like a book about all the chocolate sort of ingredients and what they are actually are. So it's sorbitol, the sixth carbon sugar alcohol occurring naturally in fruits, can cause flatulence, diarrhea, and abdominal digest distension. E903, <laughs> carbon carnivore wax, glazing and polishing, agent for sugar confectionery. God, all this rubbish is in the, the food that we like. It's awful, isn't it? Adverse effect, none known. And Bill's like, well, and Bill's and really thinks clearly about this. Well, there you go. They don't know the effect. They don't know the effect yet. And like Rona says, well, they know about the flatulence and diarrhea. And Bill's like, well, that's not surprising. (laughs) (laughs) 
Do you know what's great about this as well is we're leaning into a completely different genre. This feels like a procedural now. It's like CSI, you know. Oh, this is um, what the show does well. It takes the it Rona and Bill on the case, you know. Yeah, I always love these moments where they are, well, even when they're like putting together the ingredients for their food that they do with the um, catering. It feels mm-hmm. so real. It feels like they're doing really normal, bland things, but with a greater purpose and a weird. So like you said about um, the next episode, which uh, leans into like the the paranormal genre with the X-Files, you know, and this is absolutely a show that has kind of like uh, the stretch factor yes. to, to kind of come out of a sitcom yeah. and lean into those genres. And yeah. this is a great example of that. Now, this this is the scene I was telling you about earlier. And this, I think, is one of the best characterized scenes in the entire run of 2.4 children interesting because it's the scene where someone finally tells bill that she's a control freak yeah and she's just spent the last six seasons saying sit at that table don't slam your door right we're gonna sort this out it's and all of the dialogue in this scene makes me die i think it's hilarious and the fact that rona's scared yeah. She's like Bill was such a control freak. She's actually scared. She's like, oh, you know, you are a control freak. And um, um, she doesn't she turn around and go, oh, you know, if I'm allowed to say that. Or something yeah, like yeah. That. She she kind of says like, um, asks what Bill thinks wrong with the chocolate shake. I'm not sure. They just seem to like it so much. Which Ron, but Ronan kind of says, well, just try one. It might just be really lovely chocolate, and nice to eat. And then Bill sort of opens it, sniffs at it, and she's about to take a bite. And all that like hesitancy. She just can't quite let herself go to really live. And she goes, that's what worries me. They could be too nice. <laughs> too nice. It's like, too nice. How can it be too nice? It's things that are too nice aren't always good for you. And then she, she gives this example. Anthea Turner, four Coronation Streets a week, a Cliff Richard triple album. Yeah, none of those are good to are good even in no. small dosage let's be honest bill, oh good grief no. no bill has to stop them and says they can't just go with the flow like rona and as you say rona says well it's better than being a control freak like you and bill says here's that line this is the line control freak everyone's like well only if you'll let me <laughs> but it's not that it's when she says the line that i love is where she goes what is it and now you're going to stop them all from eating drool bars because you're convinced that they're too they're enjoying them too much yes i just love that line I and don't bill's know insecurity she's like am i <laughs> it's great and these two characters yeah absolutely like they there's been lots of scenes with bill and rona where actually they're the best of friends but they really go at each other a couple oh, yeah. of times throughout the series and i love the fact that their relationship is strong enough that they honest. can have very opposing viewpoints oh yeah it's um, like yeah they're honest aren't they mm. Rune is it's like a, it's a terrific scene feels like do you think i like being the one who always says no but i like yes yes <laughs> you tell everyone what to do you know, I'm probably overreacting, but what's interesting is Bill is the one who's the most sensible, yet she is the one who's always right. But as we learn, and this is another reason why Paul and Simon did a great job this episode, they've learned that Bill's the one who's always right. She always tries to get everyone um, in line, but she's the one who always ends up suffering. Yeah. So in the middle of the this yeah. scene, this yeah. scene feels like it's written by writers that understands these characters yeah. and the yeah. last six seasons, you know? Yeah. Definitely, uh, they know the history. Um, and then Rona's trying to be, you know, the most kind of saying, you know, they'll eat the last one and that, and, and then by tomorrow they'll have forgotten about it. 
So in the middle of the night, again, the music, the creepy music appears again. Um, this Bills wakes up in, to the sound of something in her bed and she just turns the light on, finds this giant lump moving around in the bed. She pulls the covers back and finds David looking around the edge of the bed. He goes, I-, I was just looking for something. And Bill's like, yes, and I know what. And then she grabs David. And I love how she's about to give him right old bollocking. Opens the door and she goes, now go back to bed. And then opens the door and there's bed on the floor trying to get every last base of drool bar from the carpet with a straw. I mean, that's like, that is desperation. It's like um, the equivalent. That's serious addiction, isn't it? It's like what I've heard. This is not what I recommend. But seeing people who like to inject themselves, mm. is they go, if, they, if they've run out of veins, they're going in their eye. Oh, stop. Sadly, oh, I, I, yeah. 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 You know, what's happening here is, is obviously we've, we've had slow indications that yeah. things are amiss with the yeah. draw bars and their reactions to it. And we spent a bit of time with each character. Yeah. But what's yeah. really good now about the structure of the episode is it's all three of them yeah. in quick yeah. succession. Like the momentum of the episode yes. now is like bang, bang, bang. Yeah. It's, um, what is it? First it's David then it's Ben, then it's Jenny yeah. on the exercise bike. Yeah, it's amazing because you really realise how they're... And they all, and the way they all say, uh, and Ben's like, I was looking for some. You just know they're not even lying to her, are they? They're being honest yeah. that it's the drool bar. And then they're about to go down. It's like, what's that noise? So they go downstairs. Um, <laughs> and then she say, there's Jenny on the exercise bike. She's just got the chocolate in my mouth. And I don't know if you've seen, there's some fabulous memes online of people on like um, cross trainers and things holding a glass of red. Yes. You know, it reminded me of that. It is amazing. I think I need to make that as a meme, actually. I need to do that as a meme <laughs> for exercising. So, and then I always love the kind of, the, the and she they're all just looking at her all in shock as Jenny's on the tr- exercise bike. So then later on in the middle of the night, you've got Bill on one side of the dining room table. This time she sat down. And then the other three are all sat, and she's like the headmistress of yeah, a school. So she's like, so that is indeed the very last of the drool bars. Nobody's hiding any more of them anywhere. And they all go, no. <laughs> and she just continues, so that's an end to it. Now, I want you to promise me that starting tomorrow, you'll forget all about that dangerous chocolate. <laughs> that line reading, that dangerous chocolate she's got Brilliant. a face free with her and then they're all like you know it's even funnier as well now rona's pointed out she's a complete control freak yeah like i feel, I feel like belinda like just goes for it and yeah <laughs> she's enjoying it so then i always love when um something happens and they always make a reference to something in the future and then there's a caption so like when they have the fire house fire and bangers i don't think you should go in there right now and then there's the caption right now so we have a caption tomorrow at the shopping centre, the scarf lady is approaching various people who are ignoring her because they've got sense. Ben and the children are stood in the corner and Ben says, you know, we must attract attention to her. Right. Operation Coco Bean is a go. <laughs> this is a great Can line. I tell you, this music that plays was going around in my head all day today at work. Can imagine. Honestly, I've been pushing this this morning. It's Baby Elephant Walk Java by Henry Mancini, the classic from the 1960s. It's incredibly catchy is what it is. It does a good job of catching the scene. And it's a, it's it's the family being just completely lost it now. The three of them all form a line and walk past her with like, how's to describe it? Their arms are wide out. It's almost like they're, yeah. they're performing in like a chorus line or something. 
Um, I mean, I want to never say 2.4 Children is the most subtle of shows, but subtlety has now dived over a cliff and we are into complete farce now. But it works because they're completely desperate and that's probably what you do when you're desperate and if you're in an addictive mood. Um, It's like, it was a rumour, my local Krispy Kreme donuts shop said if you danced for them, if you went in and danced in front of the, the till, you could get a free donut. Did you do it? I didn't do it, but people did, and and they, they got it, and I just didn't because I didn't want. I I, I like. Yes, Can you let me know, please? I will do. Yes, but it it just goes to show what people will do to get what they want, especially for sugary items. And then they walk backwards, and then at one point, Ben falls over right in front of her, and you notice the boots in the background, which is really funny. Now, a very Proustian moment for both of us. Will be when day when Ben leaves a Virgin megastore. Oh man, I still miss them. And do you know what? I, I my local. Do you know what? It, it, we had a really good one in Chester, and mm. this, near where I grew up. And that's where I first discovered the Two Point Four Children was on DVD. I was ten, and my dad pointed it out on the shelf. Just a memory. That it was just one to three, wasn't it? Just one to three. So I would have been. Yeah. This was two thousand and five. And it will have just come out. And my dad was like, oh, it's... And I remember saying, I think I'd like that one day. It just goes to show, yeah. But I, no, I love we've, it. we've had a, a HMV store open up in Eastbourne where I live. Yeah. And it's it's pretty much, it's to the the old model. You know, it's always it's all like DVDs now rather than videos and things like that. But yeah. but it's the same sort of thing. And I haven't seen a shop like that in ages. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. We've, we've got them in Manchester as well. A FOP as well as HMV. And it's just... And the vinyls, you know, it all comes <laughs> back around. So, yes. So Dave, so Ben leaves um, with a bag and he's bought a T-shirt and the first one says, <laughs> I'm average. And she goes past him to David. So am I. And then goes to me too. You know, and I love the way she kind of just like leans up to kind of show me too. You know, like here I am. I'm, I'm here as well. And of course, the joke here is, is throughout the whole episode, we're told about the woman with the scarf and how she preys upon anyone that walks past. And now they're making themselves blatantly obvious. She's completely oblivious. It's it's yeah. brilliant. It just goes to show people have reputations and it's, she's just doing a job. So Ben says, you know, what they need is something more subtle. Oh, really? You found first on that now, Ben? He's then, he, he then buys a, a hat with an axe in it. Then he wears a red hat like the one that Tommy Cooper wears. And then David wears a gorilla mask. <gasps> oh, my God. Can I do the line? Do when, it. Bill, uh, when Bill comes along and she's like, what on earth are you doing? Yes. And she's he's like you hear her off stage just a minute and then she appears just looks at them so like oh my god what are you lot doing she knows what it's they're up so to funny. like i know what you're up to you're just trying to get her attention so she gives you more drool bars and again this is the moment where bill is trying is being the authoritarian authoritative one and she then gets in trouble so she approaches the scarf lady she's like excuse me i love the way the scarf lady so pleasures yes dear and she goes have you been handing? Are you still handing out drool bars to the unsuspecting, the unsuspecting public? public? And the scarf lady says, "No, there aren't any more. The manufacturer withdrew them over the weekend, and they've all been pulped." Yeah, we know straight away that's a bad sign, don't we? Yeah, if something's gone, that's not good. If if all this rubbish is on the shelf, chocolates and sugary snacks, why are things? Why is something being taken down? And I like the way Paul, Bill has this thing that is like, "She's what? What is it? You know that? Why is that like that?" So she's just pulped. Why have they been pulped? <laughs> and then she goes, there was a slight problem with them. There was a slight concern. And they pan out to show the other three. 
there was a slight concern that they might have adverse effects on psychologically susceptible people. <laughs> and it's just like suddenly you realise that that's the why they've been addicted to it. And Bill's like, but you handed a load of boxes of them to us. And then the scarf lady just gets quite increasingly anxious when she goes, you've had the product for testing. <laughs> a whistle has never been a funnier prop <laughs> in this moment. And Bill's just like, yes. And the scarf lady just goes, gets <laughs> a whistle. And then two security guards appear grabbing Bill. And she's like, what? And then she goes, and the lady just goes, very polite to me if you just come with these gentlemen please if you don't Dude, mind she's had, she's had that whistle in her hand the whole time because she doesn't get it out of her pocket so yeah. she's literally waiting for anyone that said they've had draw bars to do yeah. that whistle. or even just a, a being a, aggressive towards her because then she's got the security guards on hand and then bill's taken away and she's like i hope you don't mind she's yes i do mind get off it, we won't be a moment a moment for what they could do later on i don't, I don't think yeah. so and they've got, they haven't got a care in the world, have they, the three of them? Do you know what? I was going to say, I've just put my note here. To quote Bill, this is just typical. Bill is taken away and all the family have to worry about is thinking about drool bars. <laughs> yeah. How terrible. You know what? That? I buy it. Yeah, yeah. Shocking. Awful. Jenny mentions the only one they have left is at Rona's. Oh, yes. See, so, now that's been, how far back in the episode was that set up? No, I know, right? And then it's the reminder in in the when they're in the kitchen, but it just goes to show it all leads to something. Every everything leads to something. There's always a payoff. So back at Chepstow Road, the three of them go to Rona's front door. Ben knocks on the door and they wonder how to ask her. Jenny says they can't show that they're desperate. Is it? And Ben's like, No, we can't. Hello. And then he's like, No, <laughs> I could, no it's fine. You know, I'm like, I could take a leave. Open this door. And then tells does he call talking. her a heartless cow? Yeah, David says, you know, don't be so rude to her. He goes, I'm not, I am not being rude to her. For God's sakes, open this door, you heartless cow. <laughs> that line reading is brilliant. And then <laughs> Jenny suggests she's eaten it. And then David says, no, she can't eat chocolate as it brings her out in blotches. Again, another bit of... And then Ben says, fine, we'll just have to break in. And this is an example of addiction, which goes so serious. Like if you're an yeah. addict and you steal money or you go and you go and rob a shop or something. And you I love... You get another great reaction, don't you, from Bill now? Do you know what I love about this bit is because I feel like they really planned ahead this because maybe I'm reading too much into what happens next, but let's see if you agree. She goes, just a minute. (laughs) And then she appears looking quite disheveled. Now in the shopping centre, she's got, she has quite a lot of colour and she has a bit of makeup on her face. When she appears here, she looks, I was going to say drained. She's been flushed, I'm telling you. (laughs) Yes, literally. She's she's a bit, bit, bit shaken, really. She's like, Put that down. She's <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just like, put that down. Jenny asks, what's happened to you? And then Bill's just like, I have just been taken to a medical room where nurses were instructed to remove every trace of drool bar from my body. And Jenny's like, how? And Bill goes, you don't want to know. <laughs> he just like, oh, my God. You just know, don't you? Colonic like irrigation. Earlier, yeah. She's absolutely right. And she's been punished. Yeah, and then she just goes, haven't you noticed? The chocolate is so addictive. They're psychologically... The chocolate is so delicious. They're psychologically addictive. Ben's, and then Bill's just like, what? You've been lying to each other, cheating, and going to any lengths to get one. If it can happen to us, they can happen to anyone. We're the average family, remember? And then Ben says, yeah, terrible tell. Have you got Rona's spare key? And then Bill, Bill she goes, never mind about Rona's spare key. And then she just grabs all of them and then she's militant again, right? Here we indoors. go, control freak. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, indoors, right now. 
You're staying indoors until none of them ever want another drool bar. It's cold chocolate for the lot of you. Uh, that is a terrific line as well. It is cold, <laughs> cold chocolate. chocolate. I thought cold turkey is what you think of, but it's cold chocolate for the lot of you. Do you know, I was convinced, right? Yeah. I remember when I yeah. first went, I was convinced that the drool bars would actually had drugs in them. Somehow, that you know, they accidentally had yeah. cannabis or something in them. Yeah. But the fact that they're, they're so delicious, they're psychologically yeah. addictive, that's yeah. a great yeah. twist. It really is. And they just, you know, it, it it's believable because sometimes there probably are these kind of products that go out, a few people test on them and they have a really bad effect. Mm. Um, so Bill unlocks the door and says, I hope with any luck, that's the last we'll ever hear about drool bars. So they enter the house and all I can say is the living room is more messed up than when David the pig lived with them during Porky's. <laughs> the house has literally been turned upside down. The sofas, the tables, the telly, all upside down on the side. And then the floorboards have been literally taken. The carpets have been ripped up. The floorboards been taken apart. There's someone there. We also see the fourth wall again uh, yeah. with the fire, um, yeah. which it doesn't happen very often, does it? But it's only three times in this it series. Does. It's good to see that, that, that they actually feel like a home, and they just notice someone ruffling around in the in the floor. <laughs> and again, another example where you great payoff. Rona just <laughs> lifts up, and she's got all these blotches around her face. She goes, "Oh, hello." <laughs> That ends the episode. I mean, it's oh, terrific. How Do you know, actually, by breaking it down yeah, the way yeah. you have there, yeah. it really highlights how well structured the episode is and how much is seeded and paid off later on. And I think yeah. there is something about the best 90s sitcoms. I think, like, uh, the ones written by Andrew Marshall, David Renwick, uh, Ben Elton. You know they are they are incredibly well structured and yeah. just very yeah. very funny to watch anyway. But but uh, if you're like me and you like a, a strong and a neat narrative, yeah. And also, I think this episode uh, belies the fact that Two Point Four Children lo- kind of lost it in the last couple of years because I still I think you know there are weaker episodes, but there are still some big hitters in yeah. the last couple of seasons as well, and this is absolutely one of them. I think you're absolutely right. You've got When a Saturday Comes, I Love, and then When Did You Last See Your Father, and this. And, and actually, Perfect Day is pretty good as well. And so you've got some great ideas. You have some real strong points here. Um, I really uh, like the last episode. The one... The highest reasons, yeah. The one that ends with the, all the, the people coming out of the houses on Tina. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's um, again, I, I think it's just such a great idea of looking at the idea of what's average and how it reflects the show's premise. It's the, it's the one episode I think really reflects the premise and, and looks inward. It's a bit reflective, but clever with it. The idea that Bill's the sensible one, but once again falls victim to the other's members' lack of control and poor judgment, and even the details like with Rona's blotches. I, what, how many stars out of five would you give this one? Um, I can't really think of much to fault it, really. Yeah. Just that perhaps there are like, higher highs yeah earlier in the run maybe four yeah maybe four i'd be tempted to give it a five like within this season where there are kind of two weaker episodes um oh, i don't know no do you know what i'm gonna say five and i'm gonna say five because i think it is brilliantly characterized like yeah. for two guest writers to come in and write one single episode that feels so authentic i'm gonna give it a five i'm giving it a five for the exact same reasons i think t- to have a other writers come in and make it feel like a 2.4, but bring their own ideas in. 
I think it was a massive success. It's, it, I just say, I, I love this episode. I have a memory of watching this when I was about 10 with my dad. And, and because it wasn't on gold in the last run, I haven't seen it for quite a few years. So seeing it twice in the last week, I just thought, oh my God, this is still so brilliant. And actually even funnier now than it was when I was younger. Well, I've been really looking forward to doing this recording with you, Joe. We've had this booked in for a while, so I've and it's been absolute fun. I've it's been another great episode to to pick apart. Um, and what are your final thoughts on this episode and two point four children in general? Uh, my final thought on this episode is <clears throat> I think it does uh, something uh, that friends did really really well with like you remember, remember how the episode the one with the the one with the yes. well this is absolutely the one with the draw bars yes. But you could kind of point at every single 2.4 children episode and say is the one with the, yeah. I don't know, Bill in the closet or mm-hmm. you know, Shirley Bassey's wardrobe, blah, blah, blah. But it is a very striking concept. Yeah, um, it is. And it's played to the hill. And like I said, it gathers momentum. It gets funnier as it goes along. It gets more farcical as it goes along. And it pays off brilliantly. So I think um, just as an episode of comedy in its own right, it's very, very strong. Um, as for 2.4 children itself... It's one of my favourite sitcoms. I Like I said to you before, I have such warm memories of watching it back in the day. I still think it holds up really, really well today. And uh, can, can I ask a question about this podcast yes. before we out? Yeah. Yeah. Your audience, is it a British audience or is it sort of like a all over the world audience? So we have we've got listeners across the world. Um, it's not massive percentage. We had... I seem to be big in Taiwan. I've been in the top yeah. 10 of the TV reviews Apple charts in Taiwan. Because it was also at the Netherlands, because of the fact that this 2.41 was the Keys and Co. remake, which Keys and Co. is one of the biggest sitcoms ever in, in the Netherlands. So, but 2.4 is known over there. So we've had quite a bit of following there. Um, but yeah, primarily, I'd say about a good 90% of it is, is UK based. Sorry, I was very curious about that. Um, and kind of like my, my final thought on the series as a whole is I think that Belinda Lang and Gary Olsen are one of the best sitcom couples. Absolutely believable yeah. as husband and wife. Irritate the hell out of each other. Love each other. And whenever I watch this, and I really felt it on, in this episode because he's so good, it, it just reminds me of what a massive loss it was when Gary Olsen passed when he did. And just that he would have gone on to do just more brilliant. I mean, they probably would have made more of this, Yeah, I suspect. Um, but he's just such a good comic actor. Yeah, and it was a terrible loss that he it passed was. when he did. Yeah, it really was. And if you've ever, if you've never seen Health and Efficiency, uh, I would recommend it because he's he's in there and he's a completely different character. You can't believe it's the same actor. Um, it, it was a big loss when we lost him, um, and this is a tribute to him and his brilliant work. He's still, he's he's still enjoy. His still, performance is still very much loved, as he is. Joe, thank you again. It's been really good fun to have you on. So tell everyone where they can find your social media, what you're doing, and all your wonderful projects. Oh, my word. Um, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> so I have uh, three podcasts uh, on the go at the moment. 
Um, two are Doctor Who related. One's called the Nymon Be Praised. One is called A Hamster with a Blunt Penknife. Uh, Nymon is me and a friend discussing Doctor Who in a lot of depth. Uh, Hamster with a Blunt Penknife, which you have been on, is a different guest each week uh, doing a commentary on uh, a Doctor Who episode or story. And I've recently brought out a third called Untitled Star Trek Project, which I do with my friend Nathan, where we, it's commentaries again, but it's across the entire breadth of Star Trek from the original series all the way up to Strange New Worlds that's just about to come out. Yeah, so you can check me out on it. I'm on Twitter at uh, Doc Oho. Um, I post lots of silly stuff. And uh, should you uh, wish, please check out the Stolen Earth and Journey's End commentary of A Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife. Yeah because the pair of us are on there waxing lyrical and being extremely positive and having a wonderful time doing it. Definitely. And also your blog. Oh, Christ. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Um, that's called Doc Ho Ho Reviews. Um, it covers a, a breadth of television. It's mostly Doctor Who based. Uh, there's a big section on Big Finish audios, but I've also covered The X-Files, Buffy, Star Trek, you know, and all manner of other things. There's about 2,000 reviews on there now so there's a lot of content um so if you want to get lost for a couple of weeks well uh take a look at docoho reviews yeah it's a really it's a really good blog page and great podcast as well so thank you again for coming on joe and again another great 2.4 fan to me been good thank you fantastic thank you well thank you to everyone listening Again, another great episode. Uh, hopefully we've get, done justice for everyone who loves it as well. Next week is yet yeah, another classic. This is When Did You Last See Your Father, which is Liz Smith's return and even an appearance by Bill's dad, but not quite as you expect it to be. And it's the return of sitcom Stephen and we'll be having another great chat about that. Until then, thank you very much and don't eat drool bars. Mm-hmm.